sending you a warm autumn welcome to the Breaking Script podcast with Lella and Nini. This is where we explore the glimmer-filled world of Hallmark movies and the occasional Asian drama. Our cinematic self-care sessions bring us even more joy this fall because we get to do this together with you. So let's get this therapeutic adventure started. Welcome back to the Breaking Script Podcast with Lella and Nini. I'm Lella. And I'm Nini. And we are in full fall, y'all. I'm not American at all. Oh, (laughs) y'all. Okay, Nini, I don't know about you, but I don't really believe that much in spring cleaning. Okay. Mm. I actually am a big fall organizer. As soon as September hits, it's like a race to Christmas because I want the new year. Like I want Christmas and the new year to start fresh. So like I also hate getting stuff that I have. Like I want stuff. I'm not saying I don't like getting stuff that I have no space for. There are things in my house that are taking up space that I don't use that I haven't touched. And I just feel like fall is the perfect time to like go through declutter and get ready for Christmas. I'm always thinking about Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I love that your your decluttering is in preparation for Christmas. It actually it's brilliant. Is. It drives my husband nuts. So my friend told me she's doing this challenge where she is organizing one room a week. And so I told brilliant. him that's what we're doing and he's not very happy about it. Uh because <laughs> he is a little bit organized chaos like I, he will tell me he's organized something, but like there's still stuff there. And I'm like, no, 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 no. When you organize, you get rid of, you just don't like rearrange the stuff that you have. Um, (laughs) That's just, that's just him. I need to do a full purge. So like I'm getting ready to do a full house purge very soon. At least I'm going to purge my clothes and I'm trying to take on one room a week. So I don't know if you know, I know you guys can't see. But I'm sitting in my office, which I've totally rearranged. This was my first room. I fully organized it. Uh, and so it's going to like trickle through the house. That's brilliant. <laughs> I love that. I think I might take that on when I have capacity. <laughs> I'd adopt that for sure. <laughs> Fall also means football season. And my husband also just informed me (laughs) that he will not be seeing me Sunday afternoons, Thursday nights, and whenever there's another game. So, you know, till Super Bowl. (laughs) Which I think is so funny because we totally did not grow up in a sports family whatsoever. Mm. I think he adopted it to uh, fit in. I mean, literally, when I think back... I don't know if this applies, probably not every Asian family or even the majority, but for us, we watched whatever sports had an Asian player. So like we watched tennis because there was Michael Chang. We watched figure skating because there was Christy Yamaguchi and Michelle Kwan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we watched basketball. Well, basketball is the exception because my aunt loved Michael Jordan. Oh, so we okay. definitely watched Michael Jordan, except we watched basketball because Lynn Sanity. Of- Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So that is our experience with football. However, Mm -hmm. we are Chiefs Kingdom here. So being in Kansas City has been the perfect city to be a bandwagon sports fan. Totally. Because during my time here, we won the World Series. Yay, Royals. And two Super Bowls. 
I within actually, seven years. And I actually lived there when the Royals uh, won as well. So that was really special. I did grow up in a sports family, but a hockey family, not a football family. I mean, my dad watches football, uh, but we were like the Super Bowl family. So we'd always have the parties, mm. but um, yeah. played. I played hockey. My sisters played hockey. My dad played hockey. Uh, we're just a hockey family. But I don't know that much about football, to be honest. But I'm always yeah, same. I'm there for a good snack platter. So, but did you guys watch pro hockey or does like every Canadian? Yeah, we don't have like in Canada. College sport is not is basically like non-existent. I mean, it exists, but it's nothing like the states. So we only watch pro sports. We, as in ever everyone else, not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Got it. Okay. So interesting. Well, that's perfect to introduce our movie today. Yes. So today's movie is Fourth Down in Love. And if you are like me, not a uh, sports kind of lingo person, it's a movie about football and love. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to admit, I was really nervous for this movie because Hallmark has not had great uh history with sports movies really i would never have guessed that (laughs) like come on hallmark and sports but they have tried several times this year it's been shocking how many times they've tried just in this year alone and not only that but i've never seen ryan pavey and pascal hutton be paired coupled in a movie so oh, I wasn't really? sure how that was gonna go I wasn't sure how their chemistry was gonna go so mm. fourth down in love stars Pascal Hutton better known in our family as Rosemary from when calls the heart she plays Aaron and Mike Hansen is the male lead character played by Ryan Pavey who is better known in his role as in general hospital here we go plot summary are you guys ready This fall football movie opens with, you guessed it, a football game. The few seconds we see of an actual game is just enough time to witness Mike Hansen suffer a devastating injury and be rolled off the field on a stretcher. His family, including his brother, Jimmy, sister-in-law, Danielle, and niece Zoe, watch from home. Meanwhile, Grandma Gertie, who is Mike and Jimmy's mother, tunes in from a bougie pub in her upscale senior apartment complex. Mike, who missed the entire last season due to an ACL tear, was hoping for a championship ring this year. There are subtle and not so subtle discussions about Mike's non-existent love life from his family and sportscasters. His focus on football has made him oblivious to romance despite his popularity with the ladies. Mike's injury requires a four to eight week rest period, which is a frustrating situation compounded by his arrogant agent named Richard. So Mike worries about becoming a has-been as he scrolls through all the social media comments on his injury. He decides to spend his recovery time with his brother's family in his childhood hometown. Erin is a busy single mom and a real estate agent. Her daughter Kira is watching the pro football Stallions versus Whalers game and it's evident that Erin isn't a fan of the Whalers. Kira, who plays flag football on a boys team but rarely gets time on the field, is adamant that she doesn't want her mom to talk to the coach on her behalf. Next up, we join Kira at her flag football game where she's the only girl on her team called the Bucks and she finds out that they're going against the Whalers, an all-girls team not to be confused with Mike Hansen's pro whalers team. And she's surprised that there is an all girls team in the flag football league. 
So Kira asks her mom to talk to her coach after all to get her switched to the all-girls team. Coached by none other than Jimmy. Aaron does not know that Jimmy is Mike Hansen's brother until Mike walks up behind her. They are both so hesitant to acknowledge one another, and then Jimmy realizes that she is the Aaron, the college girlfriend that broke his brother's heart years ago. And she seems to disagree that she's the one that broke Mike's heart, but Mike confirms that yes, indeed, she was the one that broke his heart. The tension between Aaron and Mike is palpable, yet Aaron finds Mike a chair to sit on, the sidelines of the fag football practice, and they awkwardly catch up. Aaron reveals that she has divorced three years and the two subtly acknowledge their past failed relationship. Aaron says it was for the best. Mike seems to disagree. There's a random bee bit where we find out that Aaron is terrified of bees. Kira enjoys her new team and Aaron remains civil but distant from Mike, emphasizing that her main focus is her daughter. Both are nudged about each other by their respective friends and family members, which they both shrug off and shut down. After an intense PowerPoint-filled football team fundraiser meeting for the girls' flag football team, Danielle, who's Mike's sister-in-law, meets Erin for the first time and invites her over for a bonfire to discuss the details for the fundraiser. A bonfire scene at Jimmy and Danielle's sets the stage for potential romance. Erin and Mike are left alone thanks to some strategic intervention by the entire family, including grandma gertie and her boyfriend gus the romantic tension builds as a couple reminiscences and aaron helps mike with the firewood aaron reveals to mike that she chose real estate over becoming a physical therapist because it offered her more flexibility as a mom and she says i used to let other people influence the decisions i made but i don't do that anymore now i do what is right for me mike opens up about his thwarted career aspirations and says i know what it feels like not to be in control of your own future I just wanted one shot at a ring. This was the year it was supposed to all fall in line. Everything I've been working for, all I could think about, until I saw you again. <gasps> what? But the conversation gets heated again, not in a good way, and they agree to steer clear of each other for the time being. The evening ends abruptly. When Aaron and Mike go inside to let Jimmy and Danielle know the night is over and their setup didn't work out, they find Gertie and Gus passed out on the couch and Jimmy was offered the high school football team's assistant coach position so he can no longer coach the girls' Whalers team. Jimmy's new coaching gig at the high school means Mike will be the new coach, with Aaron and Danielle as assistant coaches for Zoe and Kira's team. Everyone is at Jimmy and Danielle's watching the pro Whalers team lose a game, and Mike is feeling down because he feels like he's letting his team down. Aaron is encouraged to go console him, and she tells him all he needs to focus on is healing, and he says that's hard to do when I'm also thinking about you. Brother and sister-in-law are watching from the kitchen when Mike goes in for the kiss. What? Hallmark is getting more and more generous with these mid-movie kisses. What is happening? At the next flag football practice, Zoe invites all the girls over for a sleepover. So Mike takes the opportunity to invite an available Aaron to go with him to a charity fundraising harvest hoedown. Four seniors. He tells her to wear her country western gear. She still has the outfit she wore to take Mike with her to visit her family in Dallas. We'll talk about that later. This charity event provides another backdrop for romance. Grandma Gertie advises Aaron not to break Mike's heart again. Aaron drives Mike home and the romantic tension is at its height and ends with a peck on the cheek. At the girls' next game, they're playing Kira's old team, the Bucks, and Mike's agent arrives and Mike introduces Aaron as his college girlfriend. Richard remembers her, and Aaron quickly awkwardly excuses herself. 
the agent tries to plant doubt in Mike's mind that she's being weird because of his celebrity status. We see more football and PT and real estate montages to pass the time before the fall fundraiser. Mike has recovered well, but Aaron is doubtful and hesitatingly throws him a ball when he asks her to. But when he catches just fine, she full on runs for him to catch her and they share a passionate kiss. That is kiss number three for those who are counting. Hallmark, what are you doing? He's ready to go back to the team and Aaron shares that she doesn't want to get in his way. He says she won't and this is happening. Y'all, their relationship is happening. The girls have one more game to win that would allow them to move on to the flag football championship, but they lose the game because apparently there's this tall kid they think is lying about his age. The girls are bummed during the fall fundraiser because of this loss, but it is an amazing fall fundraiser with fun fall booths, yummy looking fall food, and all the fall feels where roadhouse romance fell short. Mike's mom, Grandma Gertie, commends Aaron for paving the way for girls to play flag football and thinks her for making Mike happy again and gives her approval of their relationship. Apparently, she had threatened Aaron in the past. Mike says he might come back to coach the girls' flag football team next year. And then an unforeseen twist occurs. One of the players on the opposing team is disqualified for age, allowing Kira's team a shot at the championship. And no, it wasn't the tall guy, but the little guy who was too young. Mike's agent shows up to the girls' team championship game, and he gives Aaron a hard time for being back with Mike. And their conversation reveals that Richard is the reason Aaron walked away the first time. It was because she truly loved Mike and was told by Richard that she would get in the way of Mike's career. Now, Richard is putting even more doubt in Aaron's mind by telling Aaron that Mike's getting traded and makes it seem like Mike didn't tell Aaron. Well, that's a lie, because spoiler alert, Mike didn't know either. But when Mike tells Aaron he needs to leave, Aaron breaks up with Mike. Mike walks off the girls championship game field heartbroken in unbelief and then Aaron is promptly stung by a bee. The girls win the championship game thanks to a strategy Mike gives them over FaceTime and in the car with his agent Mike realizes Richard is the reason Aaron walked away from him on draft day in college and on this day too. Mike is back with the Whalers on the pro field. He makes a generous team player decision similar to the play he suggested for the girls flag football team to win their championship. And of course, the pro Whalers win their game also. Mike says he's a Whaler for life and fires Richard because he's a liar. During a victory interview with a reporter, Mike catches a glimpse of Aaron wearing his jersey, number 88, and she comes down from the stands and meets him in the player entry tunnel. They share a heart-tugging, heartwarming conversation about how Aaron realized she was worried about their relationship for nothing because a bee sting wasn't as bad as she thought either. And Mike says Aaron is what he's been missing, not a Super Bowl ring. And that's when you can cue that signature ending hallmark kiss. Finito. Love it. That was so good. I literally felt like I was watching it while you're talking about it. That was amazing. I don't know if that was good or not. Um, it was. It was really good. No, it was amazing. <laughs> so let's get into our ratings. We have four different ratings. And if you remember, it's all out of 10 bobas because we love bubble tea here. So writing, what did you give the writing out of 10 for this movie? I gave it a five. Really? But I, I gave this a five more as like, I'm going to make up my own scale and it felt neutral. Hmm. This five okay. means neutral. It was way better than I thought it was going to be because okay. I had super low expectations for this one. Interesting. And I also can't judge sports writing. So. Gotcha. Just, just to note, this is my favorite segment because we don't talk about these ratings beforehand. <laughs> I gave the writing a seven. 
<laughs> I'm so know? shocked. I Are know, you serious? Like, who am I? I, yeah, I did. Okay. So then what did you give the character ratings? Okay. Well, because I love Pascal Hutton and Ryan Pavey. I love her too. Mm-hmm. And their chemistry was way better than I thought it was going to be because I'd never seen them together. And I just didn't know what to expect. I mean, it wasn't like out of the ballpark, but I gave them a seven because I love them so much. Okay. I gave them an 8.5. I thought they had. What is happening right now? We're, we're trading places here. Um, I really liked their chemistry and I I also really liked uh Pascal Hutton here I'm not gonna lie this is where it lost some points for me I I thought this was a five out of ten for funny I mean mine's four so there wasn't super laughable moments for me overall I gave this a seven you know what's (laughs) it's really funny because my numbers are so low but I gave it an eight because I thought they did such a good job. So I think I'm biased. I love the people. Uh, <laughs> Makes no sense. I know. Well, here we go for the breakdown. Starting with our first segment of what's love got to do with it. It's the glimmers, what we love, breaking down the romantic and family relationships. What are your first thoughts here, Lala? Okay, so I'll start with my glimmers. Um, It definitely had the fall feels. Yes. I thought they did a really good job. I'm assuming that the trees in the background were just colored in post. Like it's obviously not actually fall. Um, Right. So I thought they did a really good job because if you don't focus on the trees, it really does look like a fall setting. I enjoyed that. I'm also, you know, not a football fan or like sports person. I don't understand lingo, but the football stuff seemed legit. (laughs) Like all the talk (laughs) and the plays. I also had to say I too love Erin because I'm a Hardy fan. I mean, I'm only on season yes. five, but she's really funny in When Calls the Heart. And it was yeah. cool to see her in a, as a totally different character for me. Yes. I, this is the first time I'm seeing her outside of When Calls the Heart. And I thought she just did an amazing job. They had really great chemistry. And my I think my biggest glimmer is that this was a girls football team. And not a yes. football team. It's yes. rare. I mean, I think we're starting to see more of that just in general in the world where um, we're champion, championing women and girls in sports. Uh, but I thought that was really cool. You know, the fact that Uncle Mike, the pro football player, comes home and coaches a girls football team. Totally. A hundred percent. I love it. I love it. Well. My glimmer, my first one's kind of funny because I don't even know if you know this, but I thought it was interesting that his jersey number was 88 because mm, yeah. for Chinese, eight is a really auspicious, they call it an auspicious number. And when okay. you have eight, like multiple, it's usually repeated. You don't usually just see like one eight. Like mm. I'm sure you probably remember there's a supermarket in Kansas City called 888. Yes. And it's because when you say ba ba ba, it means like, it sounds very similar to fa fa fa, which is like being getting more money. It's like money coming mm. in and money flowing. So I thought that gave me the feels when I was like, that's so sweet. <laughs> but to me, it also represents new beginnings. And that's what the mm. fall is for me, which is why I love that you're love that you're organizing in the fall. I'm totally gonna take that. Um Gus and Gertie were 
so cute. I love that they're dating in their senior years. I thought that was adorable. That is. And also, I really loved that they showed a thriving single mom. Like, I think a lot of times in these Hallmark movies, it's like a struggling single mom and she's destitute and it's like, Mm. go save the desperate woman. But it so wasn't. She was thriving. She's a thriving real estate agent. Like, she's doing great. Um, And I loved that they showed... Aaron's progress that they kind of revealed in her statement that she doesn't make decisions for other people anymore like that she's making decisions for her as she's no Mm -hmm. longer a people pleaser I thought that that subtle hint was great and I thought that her relationship with Mike was really sweet like even their history like I didn't have anything negative to say I agree with all of that. I also noted for, you know, healthy patterns and family relationships. I really loved Mike's family and their relationship that they had. Like, um, you know, the fact that he wanted to coach his niece and his brother being so supportive, like both of them stepping in for each other. Um, and even when Mike's agent came back to get him, um, so he could go back to, it's not called the NFL on the in the movie but essentially the nfl you know his brother stepped in and said he could help coach like you can just feel that they're a supportive family and i i loved that i thought that that's really sweet because they could have portrayed something different yes a hundred percent so when we get to the uh, yeah don't go chasing waterfalls the unhealthy behaviors and coping mechanisms did you have any comments on this one? I really appreciate that they didn't make Mike self-centered. Yes. Um, that he wasn't this self-centered, commitment-phobic party boy of a football player. Because so even true. at the be- beginning, they even alluded to, I-, I-, I think at the very beginning, like, he's a ladies' man. Or they said something. Yes, that, yes. You know? And so yes. right then, I was expecting, oh, he's going to be this party guy who doesn't like to commit has all Mm. these women on the side I just felt like it was set up that he was very distant from his family and that he was just this totally other this other person Mm. so I really like how down to earth they made him and how family uh like a family man that's so true yeah I think I was surprised at how he was the one that wanted the relationship Mm-hmm. Um, well they both did but how he continued to and he stayed true to it um and that's what I noted was like their relationship was just so sweet and so true yeah but that whole I walked away from you because I love you reminded me a lot of um where you'll see very exaggerated in Asian dramas where someone keeps quiet about something for so long and the self-sacrifice is incredibly Mm. exaggerated and very unhealthy. We've talked about this on a previous Mm -hmm. episode. I'm pretty sure where I had this mentor that was like, don't keep it in. You got to get it out or you will die. Um, That's what it reminded me of. And we do have the Omo Omo Nardar for this one. I'm pulling it out. I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? Oh, well, you say that, but it might not be obvious to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, to me, it was the agent. Okay. Yeah. Me Richard, too. because of the straight up lying and zero remorse. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's where I want to comment where it's like, 
people have to understand that you can see that in a show or even like reality shows. My brother introduced me to a real estate reality show, which I will leave unnamed because <laughs> I know that a lot of times the editing can portray people in a way that it might not be sure. in real life. And so, and these are real pe- people and they're human. Um, but it's so cathartic when we're watching a show and we can, we can see how Richard's lying. But you guys have to understand that this is years that have passed by where the pain is intense and it's deep Mm -hmm. and it gets deeper as time passes Mm -hmm. um, that they don't know the truth. And a lot of times in life, you don't find find out the truth. You don't know that that person is lying or you don't, not everyone can identify that person as the narcissist because they're only lying to certain people. Otherwise Mm -hmm. they usually come off as charming. So anyways, that's my two cents on He's the no, only one that I identified. I agree. Um, I wrote down a potential backstory for Richard. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. He potentially is in a lot of gambling debt, sports gambling <laughs> debt. <laughs> yes. And that's why he needed this trade to happen because Ooh. there was going to be a big payoff and he was going to pay his bookies and now they're going to come after him. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is actually a really good backstory. And see, in an Asian drama, they would, like, they would paint it, they would go even further and paint Mm. him as a victim. Like, oh, but he was actually doing it for a dying mother and got (laughs) tricked into it. Oh my gosh. It's like, make the unhealthy even more unhealthy and pull on our empathy and take Mm. advantage of it. Like, so anyway. That's actually one thing that I I was going to note a little bit is that um, I get and we've talked about this, is like Hallmark movies, they're filmed so quickly, uh, they're probably written really quickly as well, that we, that sometimes I wish there was just a little bit more back background, even for the villains, yeah. you know, yeah. there's just a little bit more that they could give us, so I just made that up, so hopefully if you're going to watch it, he's in a lot of gambling debt, so <laughs> I don't know and what that you want to do with you. that. <laughs> that. That helps you understand, that's so funny. I think even if they um, have like a well-written script I think unfortunately because it's made for tv and it's mm. so short they just don't have enough time Agreed. like you can tell sometimes like oh there's a story there but it got cut out yeah so. I agree. um the other thing I I noted and I wanted to ask you this do you think that Aaron and you kind of touched on this but do you think that Aaron giving up a relationship with Mike because she thinks or thought it would be the best for his career. Do you feel like that's healthy or is that, or do you think that's unhealthy? That's so interesting. I feel like I've come to a place where it's like, nothing is ever a certain way. And we Mm. don't know the context and we don't know all the details because I think there are times where it potentially could be a healthy decision. I think for, it depends on the, the two and, the details of the matter and how they love each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't it's think not, it's a certain way. It's not as cut and dry. Um, but she didn't do it twice, you know, like she was able to she have learned. It. Yeah. And need it too. And I think that was also something to note is that um, she did. And it's normal. She had baggage. One thing she was afraid of was that the issues with her previous relationship would then occur in her new one, comparing Mike to her ex-husband I think she even said something about how Kira's father isn't present and having a father that you know when when Aaron thought he would be traded you know a father that lives on the other side like that's not really present for her either um 
and that's easy to confuse. And I just have to say, I had a father who traveled a lot of, of my childhood and there's a difference between a physically present father and an emotionally present father. And I had a very emotional, emotionally present father. And now he wasn't a pro football player. He wasn't a pro hockey player. Um, He just would travel for work and he was home a lot, but there would be times when he would be traveling, but I never felt that physical, um, that it was missing because he was so emotionally present. And so amazing. I'm glad that Aaron didn't let that stop her. Cause so many times we come into relationships and we have this, we stop ourselves because we're comparing the past to what could potentially be the future. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think with this storyline, we could, we could form, we could make up a backstory, right. About how, Mm -hmm. well, it seems like she's on this journey of coming out of people pleasing and codependency. Yeah. So we can say that the first time she probably did, but then I hope that helps us realize like in life, even I hate it. I hate cancel culture. I think Mm -hmm. it's incredibly unhealthy. I think it perpetuates the systemic narcissistic issues in society. Um, But I think we have to remember like just because we think we have all the details, if you're not living in that person's shoes, you don't know the details. So we can't make judgments. Um, But anyway, that's a whole other, I'll get off my (laughs) soapbox on that one. Because we got to move on to Agu with the poodles already because this is always my longest list. Really? These Hallmark movies. And then I have to cut a bunch out. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I don't know why it just rubbed me the wrong way, but what is the point of the B bit? Like, oh, yeah. And they filmed it so strange, too, because they filmed a part of like a close up on the B where Mike is talking to the B. Yeah. And it's on his leg. (laughs) It just felt really random. I'm not really sure. Like, couldn't we have used anything else? I mean, the whole Mm. point of it was to make the point of like, she shouldn't have worried about something that she didn't need to worry about like problems that she thought the what ifs in her relationship with Mike but come on (laughs) she's yes like a come up with something else come on Hallmark you had two million dollars to put this on could you not have thought of something a little bit better than a bee right like it could have been a real estate deal like Mm. Some, I don't know, something else. She had enough banter with her real estate friend. Like, could we have done something else? What was yours? They should have gotten better jerseys. This is supposed to be like the NFL. <laughs> These jerseys were terrible. Okay. Aww. I just, I, I couldn't. And something about the number and it had this, like, I don't even, the shadow on it. I'm just like, I, I get it. But like, you could have tried a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah. It looks like Hallmark. I mean. The jerseys. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Little League might have better jerseys than that. So oh I wish. So um, and speaking of outfits, the line dancing date outfits. I, I mean, <laughs> okay. First of all, the fact that you have a, a country Western outfit from college when oh, you I- took your college <laughs> boyfriend to visit your parents. But hang on. Let's talk about visiting your family in Texas. She didn't say parents. She said family. Mm. You wear country Western outfits to visit your family in Dallas. Like, (laughs) but but why? Like, I don't wear a cheap pow to go see my 
family in Taiwan. Like that, I, what? Specifically the hat she was wearing. Like they gave everyone else nice cowboy hats and it looked like it did not fit her or something. Please, if you are listening, go and just watch the scene. Tell me that the hat, it just doesn't belong on her head. And I'm like, (sighs) it, it was too much. And then she made the joke or uh, Mike made the joke that Aaron never liked his tie. And it's one of those, I oh, I meant to look up the name. Um, it's like the stringy ties that it's like oh, yeah. Western. Yes, and yes. Like, But that's gosh, not a tie. <laughs> it's not a tie. And why would you still have that? Like, I don't yeah. know. There was a little bit of like, yeah, continuity or thinking about like, how did you get the stuff that you had from college here? Like we're missing some of the, I don't know some of the steps in for there. sure and apparently lala needs to be costume designer wardrobe for the next hallmark <laughs> movie but i but will you say see they... now yeah no go ahead i was i was gonna say like i thought their outfits normally were great you know like other than that i i didn't mind anything else that people were wearing it was very like basic but it <laughs> but it wasn't like it was here that's the thing basic which hallmark is very um fun fact <laughs> My couple of my kids and I have actually, we actually have comp cards at Hallmark Corporate. Um, And so they're very like in commercial print stuff, like in commercials, like everything is very basic. Everything's from like Mm -hmm. Old Navy and Target because they want it to look very generic. But you see now why when we were talking about Take Me Back for Christmas, that glow up, the whoever was wardrobe on Take Me Back for Christmas did a fantastic job. So, so good. Then there are some of these Hallmark movies where it's like, it's not horrible, but it's just kind of meh. Not great. Yeah. And this was one of those. I agree. So I agree. But it also has to do with budget. Mm. So Um, it's not the wardrobe's fault completely. So anyways, yes. Okay. My last one. This is a little bit of a long one. Okay. I loved the family aspect. I loved that Gus and Gertie are, you know, in love and they're older, but I did not like the lady that played Gertie. She was too much for me and her Canadian accent was killing me. Like it actually, yes. So her name is Darlene Tate and she sits on many boards in the film community, specifically in Vancouver. She's a producer, she's a casting director, and she's an actress. So she's definitely a professional, but I just thought it was it was too over the top. Like she needed to tone it down a bit. Just yeah, because about overall the part about haunting Aaron. Like, what? <laughs> Is this <laughs> an even... Asian drama? Like, what's happening? Like specifically, okay, I'll just tell you. I I I I didn't see any other word. But one word that you will always hear a Canadian say, and you just it's a tell. They say for a a bag, as an American would say, like the B-A-G. Americans have that hard A. In Canada, yeah. we say like bag. Oh, Almost yes, like I hear B-E-G. it now. And it's things like that. Or we'll say milk instead of milk. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was too much for me. It, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry, Darlene Tate. But I just didn't think you were the right. You're gonna fit. hear it, and, and you're gonna hear more of that in Hallmark movies for sure, yeah. because there's so many Canadian actors. That's so funny. I mean, I definitely was like shocked at their bougie senior apartments, right? And <laughs> I mean, the high school was bougie too, like mm. that that high school field. But my last one was when Aaron was referencing 
or just having that conversation with her daughter, Kira, about, oh, are you going to be okay with me dating again? Kira says that her mom is watching too many 90s movie TV marathons. Okay. (laughs) So you're telling me that this whole issue of like when a mom starts dating again, the daughter is like, don't replace my dad. Mm. This is painful. There's grief. Is a 90s TV marathon issue? Like, (laughs) was it just me where I was like, it blew my mind. Like, oh, apparently it's not an issue anymore. It's just a 90s TV issue. Come on, Hallmark, (laughs) what are we doing? I think we can end there because otherwise I could could seriously keep going on and on and on. We're going to stop it there. Where is the Jayo fighting happily ever after? What we think happens after the movie? Who are we rooting for? Okay. I, I'm just going to cut to it. I want Aaron and Mike to get married. I want to see their wedding. I actually, I, I don't know if I, I, I don't feel like I usually feel this. I, it's not that I need that closure, but there's something about it that makes me want to see the wedding that they never got being college oh, sweethearts. Yeah. And Kira gets a father figure and she'd be so happy to be in the wedding and have the wedding. And then they need to have one child. oh one child right and I think it needs to be a daughter to continue the whole like girls can do anything and you don't need a son to have kids that play football and then Mike plays one more season I really got into this (laughs) you really did Mike plays one more season of professional football and then he retires and coaches college or something but close to home this is brilliant Mm -hmm. oh my goodness Hallmark are you listening (laughs) I need a sequel Please stop making the National Park movies for the love. (laughs) And just, yeah, let's do it. I love it. It's funny because I was rooting for Gus and Gertie. Oh, I think they're so cute. My biggest reason for wanting Aaron and Mike to get married is because I thought it's so cute that Kara and Zoe are getting along so well. And it would make them cousins. It would make them family. And I didn't grow up with sisters. And my cousins Mm. to me were like my sisters. And so it just gave me all the feels. And I I obviously didn't go as detailed as you did. So (laughs) glad you did that. That's awesome. I have to say the way that this movie ended was like your typical, if we can use the words, cheesy, corny, predictable. They're meeting in the player entry tunnel. Like it's sweet because now she's his. And so mm-hmm. he gives her permission to come down. Lala, have you ever been in a pro football field or in the player entry tunnel? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. So have I ever told you the story of my one time of ever being in a pro football stadium? Never. Please share. So we're we're Kansas City. This is Chiefs Kingdom, and it's a pretty big deal. The Hunts um, Stadium is a incredibly well. I guess I can't compare because it's only football stadium. I've been, <laughs> I've been to Royals games. I've just never been to a Chiefs game. But the one time I was in a Chiefs stadium, I actually was in a Gillette commercial. Except there was only like five SAG members. <laughs> So the rest of us were just extras. I kid you not. It was Green Bay Packers. This is how bad (laughs) I don't know sports. There was some famous Green Bay Packers player that they were filming and were literally sitting in the rain. I actually went out and bought a Packers shirt. I have plenty of friends who are Green Bay Packers fans. Um, But I had to go out and buy a Green Bay Packers shirt for this commercial and all kinds of green gold 
accessories and <laughs> sat in the rain for eight hours in an empty chief stadium. But we actually got dressed and got ready in the chief's locker room. No. Oh yes. my gosh. That's like, amazing. What are the chances? So that was a really fun experience. So we'll end there with Nini's only experience in a football stadium in her life. Thanks so much for breaking script with us. Don't forget to follow us so you never miss an episode and we'll see you again next week. Ciao.